Westworld Season 3, Episode 4. The Mother of Exiles is over, but we are just getting started here on Post Show Recaps. It's the Welcome to Westworld podcast here on Post Show Recaps. I'm Josh Wiggler. I'm joined here by Joe Garfine. But Joe, is it possible that we're both just Dolores? (laughs) I don't know. If you need me, I'll be at my eyes wide shut party. I know. Oh, my God. All (laughs) right. Well, we spent most of the last podcast, uh, week three, talking about the possibilities for who could be kicking around in Charlotte Hale's head. We now have the answer. Uh, I basically said the answer already at the start of this show. But uh, in case you missed it, in case you missed the episode, Get out of here. We're talking about episode four, not episode three. Go watch the episode. Come back unless you don't care about the spoilers, in which case stay. But that's enough filibustering for me. Just going to say it. Holy shnikes, Joe Garfine. There's four Delori. (laughs) And I want to know if they're different iterations or are they all the same? And is she able to manipulate them? There are there are. It's the it's the Quattro Delori here on Westworld as the answer about who is Charlotte. We got an answer, and the answer is Charlotte is still Dolores, uh, but seems like it's it's yeah, Dolores that's on a little bit of a different path than our main Evan Rachel Wood Dolores. We also found out who Connells is, the Tommy Flanagan character. He is also Dolores. <laughs> He's also Dolores. And hey, look, it's, it's Hiro Sonata. He's back on the show from Shogun World. It's Musashi. And guess what? That's not Musashi. That's Dolores. There's four Doloreses, the Dolori, the age of the Dolori, Joe Garfine. I shouldn't be surprised in retrospect. Girlfriend only ever trusted herself. (laughs) So this is crazy. This is fun to talk through. Uh, I had said at the start of this podcasting season that for for my job, for The Hollywood Reporter, where I'm covering Westworld, uh, I had seen some episodes of the show. And so I was going to abstain from the theorizing and all of that as much as humanly possible and really only like ask questions and get into the realm of, um, you know, really like trying to keep myself in the headspace of where I was in any given episode. I'll tell you, last week's podcast was a was an adventure for me uh, <laughs> where I was like, all right, so how do we how do we handle this one when I know that the answer is one week away? Very luckily, I will say, and I said this to Joe offline, um, I know nothing about the future of the season. Uh, I do not have screeners for those. I believe that I will be getting them one at a time, but podcasting will be very, very pure and, and clean moving forward. So I will be back in the theorizing game with you, Joe, as of now, uh, because I have no idea what any of this means. I know only as much as you know. Um, but last week was a very fun podcast where I was like, all right, well, maybe if I throw out some suggestions for who Charlotte could be and what are some reasonable suggestions and what could be interesting. Let's talk those through. And then I threw it out to you at one point. I said, is there anybody we haven't discussed yet that you would be thinking about? Because when I was watching episode three last week, uh, the first time that I watched episode three, anyway, it did not occur to me at all that Dolores could be in multiple different bodies, that there could be multiple iterations of Dolores right now. Uh, so if it wasn't something that had purely occurred to me, I did not want to toss up the possibility. Didn't occur to you either. Um, it did seem like it occurred to a few people who listened to the podcast. So so points to the people who wrote into us and were like, what if it's also Dolores? What if Dolores has multiple Dolori? Uh, you guys were on the on the right wavelength because that is the, the big reveal of this episode is that Dolores, uh, she brought five brain balls out of the park uh, and at least... Uh, we see at least three of them in the form of uh, the new Charlotte uh, Connells and Sato is the is the new hero character uh, who is the, the head of the Yakuza in Singapore. So those are three of the brain balls. We assume that Dolores, the Evan Rachel Wood character, is her own separate brain ball, right? Like that was the Holoris yes. who escaped the park. So that would bring us then now down to two brain balls, one of whom we believe is Bernard, which brings us now down to one which is unaccounted for. So I think that that's the, I think that that's the track, right? Does that, does that add up to you? It does, but I have a lot of Bernardo questions. (laughs) We have a lot to get into for sure, because I think the logistics of all this are pretty wonky. Yes, but there's only one that we know of that is, we don't know where the brain ball, if it's already in play. Right. So it's either in play or it's not being used yet. So there could be another Dolores still in the mix. Or is this now, are we, uh, are, are we now trying to be like, trained in the direction of Dolores only um, is concerned for herself. She only trusts herself. So that's another Dolores in waiting. Or is it that she is reserving her brain, this brain ball for somebody that she's taking back from the Valley beyond or something like, for example, 
if she now knows that she can copy herself and she can upload versions of herself and she can trust herself, or at least she believes, I think now we have to start getting into the conversation about was she wrong to trust herself? Because it seems like maybe Charlotte has a different idea about things and the circumstances of her life might shape Dolores in a different direction, which is pretty cool, even though it's going to be very complicated to figure out how to how to talk about these characters with names. Um, yeah. Could could she, Joe, be reserving this brain ball for like a digital copy of, say, Teddy? And like, can Teddy simultaneously live in the valley beyond while she also sneaks a Teddy into the the flesh and blood world for herself to be her king? Could we see a James Marsden return? Uh, I know you're a big Dad Bernathy fan. Like, could yes. we, is she reserving this for dear old Dad? Is that a possibility? That that would be who I would think because Teddy did choose to kill himself in the season two finale. So I, you know, my money. I love Lewis Hertham, and I am all about Dad Bernathy. So for, like, I feel like if she did trust him, that everyone has sort of their one person, their one cornerstone, you know, like uh, Maeve is her daughter and Dolores had her dad. And I just feel like Dad Bernathy, we haven't seen the last of him, if I had to guess. Yeah, I, I also wonder, like, are the pearls like, um, can you blank them out? Like, can you reboot them? Can you wipe out a personality, shave, like shave a personality off, put a new personality on? And if that's the case, um, maybe maybe she plans, maybe like Dolores Prime plans on you know, scrapping all the other Delorei once this is all said and done. And like, will she imbue them with different personalities? And if that's her plan, then she may have another thing coming because I don't think Dolores will give up on life very easily. Uh, if she's pitting herself against three other Delorei, that feels like a mistake. Um, but we just don't know. What we do know now is that she has produced multiple versions of herself, which in, in retrospect makes some sense. I think that there's a scene in season two when Dolores uh, is at the Mesa and uh, Charlotte Hale, like the actual Charlotte Hale is like about to drill into dad Bernathy's brain. And Dolores shows up with like all like tacked up James Marsden when he's like in his SWAT suit. And she talks about like, if we uh, like, if we kill you, uh, we still have your, we still have a copy of you. We still have like your backups. So we've known about the backups for a while, but I just don't think we've ever really put together the idea that the backups could be simultaneously running, that there could be multiple versions of Dolores, multiple versions of Teddy, multiple versions of Bernard running around at the same time. Um, but it makes sense because we've seen like a, basically a warehouse full of Bernard bodies, right? Like in the, in the secret cabin in the woods. So I think that the idea for this has been laid out in front of us for a while, just not with enough detail that um, we would necessarily be thinking to put this one together. Yes. I I'm on board with all that. I, for first I thought, well, each, does each character have multiple brain balls, you know, but they, it, but also Dolores was Dolores was the first iteration was the first robot. So they had different versions of her that Ford probably kept. Right. Right. So we don't know if it's that we don't know if it's we don't know if it's like because I guess like the version of Charlotte, the, the version of Dolores that's in Charlotte Hale last week. And I will advise people to not only rewatch this past week's episode, which is worth doing, but go now and rewatch episode three, uh, The Absence of Field, which is the Tessa Thompson showcase plays really interestingly when you know who is in there uh when you know when you know that that's also Dolores uh but is a Dolores reacting to her circumstances in a in a way that is uh separate from Dolores Prime um the Hale Dolores when she's brought online at the start of last week's episode she looks in the mirror and she's like I'm Charlotte Hale but she tried to kill us so that version of Dolores knows enough to know that Charlotte Hale tried to kill the hosts. So it's a relatively recent Dolores backup then. Um, so, but at what point in the history of Dolores is that version taken? Uh, hard to say. But for me, it wouldn't make much sense then for if Dolores has that capability, why she wouldn't be installing a version of herself that is like with the most recent relevant knowledge possible. Uh, to all of these different versions. So I think that these are all probably Delori who have the the memory equivalents of right up until the escape of the park and maybe even possibly afterwards if they had been backing her up at after that point. But I just don't know. Um, it's all so confusing, Joe Garfine. Oh, my God, my head. It is, but it's so entertaining. It is. <laughs> it's a good episode, you know, aside from the big reveal, right? Like it was very like dazzling and the fight scenes and everything. Yeah, there was a lot to unpack. 
Yeah, the eyes wide shut stuff. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> listen, I, we, I, I know that we don't have parties really anymore unless there's the Zoom based parties, um, and everybody's desperate for human contact and going outside and you know pining for the day where the the state of things is such that we can do that. Even then, I think I, I'd be too nervous to go to a party like this. This is this is a lot, Joe. Yeah, the masks we're all donning right now are a little different. They're a little different. Yeah. More of like the mouth variety than like the the Phantom of the Opera cosplay. Is probably to be fair, we don't usually attend one percent or douchebag parties anyway. No, no, no. no. Our invitations got lost in the mail on those. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they're all like wearing their like masquerade stuff. And that's that's where everything goes down. And Bernard and Stubbs are they think that they've got this figured out. Uh, you know, Bernard's so smart. He thinks that Dolores is replacing the hosts. Uh, he's right. He just has the wrong target. Um, and so this is like where everything builds between uh, Bernard being face to face with Connells uh, and um, in in Singapore, Maeve being face to face with Musashi, who is now Sato, who is secretly Dolores. Uh, and then, of course, we haven't even mentioned the fact that this was the this was the Man in Black return, uh, and that William is back in action. And oh Charlotte Charlotte Hale is going to give him a real uh, head trip in the form of uh, he's uh, she's Dolores as well. But he doesn't seem to need much help going crazy. Right. No, not at all. And uh, my wife kept asking, wait, is this a host or is this the original William? You know, because the way they played it and until they showed his hand with the, the mechanical finger, right. it took me a minute too to remember, wait, William is dead. Yes, this is a host. Right. Yeah, okay. he'd been he'd been. He'd been sh- well, he'd been his hand blew up in season two, right? Like yes. he goes and he tries to shoot Dolores. And I kept looking at the hand to see if there was like uh, any clues about like the medical technology in the world of Westeros, like uh, Westeros. In the world, <laughs> in the, yeah, I'm still doing it. That's how traumatized from Game of Thrones I am uh, in the world of Westworld. Um, is he is he uh, able to repair that? Um, because we've seen wounds be repaired in the past and they didn't really have like a good, clear like head on shot of his hand, but you kept seeing him wearing a glove or a bandage or something. Um, so I would guess that like he's Luke Skywalkering it to a certain extent, right? Like I think he probably has like the mechanical bit uh, to his hand. Um, but the question of like, is that William? Is that the real man in black? Is he a host already? Has he been a host for a while? I think that the show is still very confusing on that front, Joe. And I wish that I had a really good answer about it. And I I don't know that I necessarily do. Yeah, it, it was pretty unclear. But I know and it's the end scene and we'll get to it. But I love that he winds up being the man in white. You know, you have the man in black ending up in an insane asylum and the man in white. And I thought that was kind of brilliant. Yeah, I don't think that that like reflects his uh, his moral change. No. Right. You know, I don't think that like it's like he's now like an avatar of morality. Uh, but he does like have like sort of like this Magneto aesthetic to him now, <laughs> like in the when when he was like on lockdown at the end of uh, the first X-Men. Right. Um, I don't think he's like really in any position to like manipulate metal. That's more of Maeve's game. Right. Uh, And to me, the reason that they went out of the way to show the metallic finger is to show that, well, A, they don't want to fix him. They have Charlotte Hale or uh, sorry, I call her now um, Shaloris. Shaloris, good. Yeah, Charlotte Dolores. Shaloris has the technology to fix him, but doesn't bother. It's a reminder for him that he's a question is the nature of his own reality. But I also was struck by um, just like James Delos, he's stuck in a cage of his own, making, drinking whiskey and going crazy. And there are the parallels. The last season are unbelievable. The uh, the institution he's locked up in at the end of the episode, Inner Journeys. Yes. It's very on brand. <laughs> <laughs> very on point. Uh, so, yeah, he's he's in a in a rough spot and he's still being haunted by his daughter. Uh, and she's like, oh, am I real? Am I not real? Obviously, it's real enough that uh, that Shaloris can overhear him talking to talking to somebody uh, who isn't there. And I, the 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 way that I took it from that conversation between uh, the Charlotte Dolores and William at the end of the episode or near the end of the episode was that like, has she been spying on on him for a while? Uh, it seems like she's been like watching him like lose his mind from a distance. Absolutely. I just feel like if she, Shaloris Dolores, is in charge and 
She obviously has technology. She's chosen the, the place where he's being housed. She's got security. She probably has cameras. She probably has every single aspect of him covered so that when she does need to use him, she does. So the plan is so there's there's the potential like buyout of Delos, and that's going to be bad for business as far as the Delori are concerned, uh, because they are going to uh, they want Delos so that they can like uh, manufacture new hosts, you would imagine. And so they can start, you know, taking things over from the inside. And if they no longer have that power at their disposal, um, they have suffered a significant loss. That's a that's a pretty bad one. Um so they need the man in black's shares for the shareholder meeting. And I guess you can go two ways about that. You can either enlist him as an ally and rally him to your cause for the board meeting, or you can make him look like a Looney Tune and get him locked up. And so that they choose door number two there. Do you think that that was the right call? Or do you think that that's like born out of vengeance and maybe they screwed this one up? Like, would this have been a time that they probably could have leaned on the man in black? Like maybe you wait until after something like this to get your vengeance. So the stakes seem a little high, uh, but I guess this fits thematically in the idea of like Dolores only trusts herself. I had a different read on it, which is that they are keeping him because Dolores is in charge away from a place where Ciroc could find him. Like, I think Ciroc must know that he has a controlling interest in Delos, that's William does, and that he's probably looking for them. Assumes he's alive, doesn't know he's a host. We don't know if he's a host, but I feel like they're not going to reveal him to the world or a place where Insight or Ciroc can find him. Yeah, because if Ciroc finds him and if Ciroc can, like, whisper him in his ear about, I suspect that there are hosts, I suspect mankind is in trouble... Uh, he could be very seductive, Ciroc. We get a lot of Ciroc in this episode. I thought it, th- that stuff was great. Uh, the the stuff about uh, about Paris, were that it were still here in the world of Westworld, was very chilling. Um, and I think that like you get a lot more uh, insight, haha, ha-ha. into why Ciroc is the way he is and why he why he feels the ways that he feels. Uh, they really humanized that character for me this week in in a way that I thought was pretty good. He's such a delicious villain already, Ooh, even yeah. though we don't know if he's a villain. He's villainish, at least. Yeah. I mean, he shoots that one guy in the face, you know? Fair. Yes, true. Not good. Not great, Bob. Not great, Bob, indeed. And I mean, like, he puts the glasses on the guy first to be like, this is what's going to... The, the world could be quite cruel. I'm not going to do anything to his family, but uh, Rehoboam probably would steer his family in a terrible way. Speaking of glasses, you notice when they entered the Eyes Wide Shut party that they took Liam's actual seeing glasses off of him. And to me, it wasn't just because you're wearing a mask. It's because they don't know which technology is being utilized by glasses. So maybe it gives a bitter and unfair advantage um, when they're in the sex club. I don't like this vision of the future, Joe. Uh, because <laughs> you have glasses. Because I have glasses and a crippling eye phobia. So d- connecting the dots, what it suggests to me is people don't need glasses in the future. They use glasses for like extracurriculars. Uh, and so for the most part, because of like security reasons, you would assume that people either uh, are they have like laser corrective surgery or they're wearing contacts and that's a nightmare to me. Ah, So if the future is such that I have to get ready for laser surgery or I have to start getting comfortable with with contacts, I'm in trouble. (laughs) I mean, we're all in trouble right now anyway. So that's the, it's very far down on the ladder of concerns that I have, but if we make it as far as 2059 or whatever it is and the world looks like Westworld, I'm not excited about that that piece of it. But then your eyes will be perfect. They'll be fixed by technology. You'll be yeah, fine. Yeah, but that's what I'm nervous about because <laughs> we have to sit through the technology thing and what's that going to feel like? Ugh, it just gives me chills. And um, who's to say that control won't be put through your eyes like uh, like the palate of the mouth? I'm uh, just saying uh, maybe maybe the drip, no. the quote drip that insight is created to control <laughs> humanity exists in different areas. Oh, they are, God. Listen, they're taking um, a digital communion, all the drugs are in thin wafers. Yeah. So who's to say? Eye drops. Eye drop communion. Yep. Um, I would choose, if I could put the, 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 the thing anywhere, let's go armpits. We'll do uh, armpit drip. That could sting just, a little when you put on deodorant, though. Shave. Just, well, maybe they've got special deodorant for 
uh, for for such occasions. I'll speak on behalf of those that choose. I was going to say ladies, but those humans who choose to shave their armpits when I say that's a terrible That'd location. Tough. That'd be tough. That'd be tough. Uh-huh. I don't know what I don't know. Maybe like on your on the tip of your nose, you just like put it like boop. You know, we have we have digressed already. I know. <laughs> There's a lot of very important stuff to talk about. This, uh-huh. episode, this is what we're choosing to talk about. All right. Well, let's talk about uh the ramifications of the Dolores reveal uh a little bit further. So there's so I spoke with Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy about this. There's an article up at THR.com slash Westworld if you haven't read it yet. And Lisa Joy posited how um they both talked about how this story turn allows the show to more deeply explore the question of nature versus nurture. Um, is Dolores just a computer program or is she uh, a collection of her experiences? And if she's a collection of her experiences, then by copying the computer program and putting those two programs in different environments where you have Dolores Prime, who's the Evan Rachel Wood Dolores we've seen for so long on one path doing the things we see her doing. And then you have Dolores in the form of Charlotte Shaloris. Uh, and she is off in a world where she's realizing that she has um, taken a mother away from a child, that she is, uh, uh, you know, having to live the part of a working mother whose job is to run the, one of the most powerful companies on the entire planet, um, that maybe she is starting to feel some level of empathy for the for the body she is inhabiting, um, that maybe she is going to start feeling differently than the main Dolores, that this may set up uh, a, a bit of an inadvertent battle between the two, uh, these two, probably the primary Dolores, even though there are other Dolores. I expect like the Fl- Tommy Flanagan Dolores will just get popped at some point, probably <laughs> the same for the Musashi version. Um, I think that that's interesting. I think as far as what the show has always been interested in exploring thematically, this idea of having these two very different Dolores is a cool one. I just hope that we are able to get to a point of like, the naming conventions are universally agreed upon and easy enough to to, to follow. Absolutely. Uh, is it too soon to do theory time? No, it's never too soon to do theory time. So I want to talk about Shaloris, which is Charlotte Dolores. Uh, so when last episode, Dolores uh, met her at the hotel and she was a little bit twitchy, self-harming and emotional. And we don't see exactly how Dolores, quote, fixed her besides covering her skin, right? Covering up the cuts. Right. So my theory is that she switched out one of her remaining brain balls, a version of herself that was more evolved, awake and predatory. Into Charlotte. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So she she like basically rebooted that version of of Dolores up to that point. That's what I assume. That's sad. That would be sad. But I think that that'd be hard to pull off because this version of Dolores is now already so in deep with Delos that like, that would be a very dangerous thing to do because she's like having these encounters with like, with Delos personnel. Like maybe if she replaces fully the Charlotte Dolores at this point, then she's going to run into like John on the third floor who she had (laughs) coffee with the other week and forget that she had had coffee with him. And John is now going to start looking into that because it's very suspicious that he, she doesn't remember the coffee date sort of like when Bernard, uh, had that conversation with Stubbs back in season one, and Stubbs was like, "I'm really sorry about Teresa. I know it's I. I know you guys were very careful about your relationship, but it's my job to know these things." And Bernard's like, "I have no idea what you're talking about because Ford took that part away from him." And that's, right. that's Stubbs being like, "Ah, something fishy's going on here." Right. Um. So I I I, I definitely get it. Like, let's let's toughen up. Like that makes some sense. And maybe there's some like attitude adjustment she could be she could be doing if she has that ability. Um, right. I think like to do like a full wipe would probably be too dangerous at this point. True. Okay. Another theory is that now that this version of Charlotte knows about her son, her loyalty will change in the end. Her mission will join Maves. They want to save their children for the future Dolores has planned. I think I would be very surprised if this does not become uh, a battle of the Doloreses. I think Dolores v. Dolores, Dawn of Dolores is on the menu. <laughs> Uh, I, I do think that the show, I, I think like basically the whole point of last week's episode now in, in hindsight, when you know that, um, Charlotte is yet another Dolores and that, that there are multiple Doloreses in play, um, is to let you know that like, if things happened differently for Dolores or if she allowed herself to experience life in a different way, um, she would react to it differently. And I think that this version of her is going to be reacting differently. She's reacting to like motherhood differently. Uh, she, you know, she seems to have like 
a strong desire to protect this child. Uh, and I think that that would align her more closely with Maeve if she and Maeve can kind of like sit down and talk Turkey. And especially if like this version of Dolores, if Shaloris uh, is able to like articulate to Maeve why the prime version of her, the Evan Rachel Wood version of her is doing all of the things that she's doing because she'll still be able to feel all of that in her bones, right? Like yeah. those are her experiences as well. She understands that hurt. She understands that suffering. And that that's why it's it's so especially powerful when you go back and you think about her choking out like the pedophile at the park last week. Yep. Uh, and she's like, now I remember what I'm supposed to be doing here. I'm supposed to be killing people. Yeah, um, she at least you, got an upgrade at the hotel. You know, like I'm I'm supposed to be uh taking you guys out. Like it's good to remember. The more I choke you, the more I remember what it is I'm supposed to be doing here. <laughs> uh and it's not that like Maeve has any love lost for people. Uh, I think that she's just not really necessarily into like genocide of a species or like forcing anybody to do anything. She's all about choice. Right. So I think now the the interesting thing by about opening up Dolores as a character into multiple bodies is we get to explore Dolores being able to make multiple choices uh, that she can be many things at once. And I think an, an ally of Maeve's is a good call. So speaking of that, I was thinking about Sato or Musashi and how Dolores obviously did, we didn't see them interact at all, right? The first two seasons, the Musashi storyline and Dolores, but she gained enough knowledge in her mission before she left the park to know, or at least know about his skills, right? Do you think when she put her own brain ball in the Masashi body, it seems like she inherits some of his memories. That's why she's able to connect his connection with Maeve. Right. Or she, did, is it, is it that she's grabbing his memories? Is it that she has like studied the tape either way? It's, it's one of those at the very least that like, she knows enough to know that Maeve and Musashi had contact with each other. And I'm trying to remember if there was anything in season two where she was aware of Maeve's trip to Shogun world. And I don't think there is. I don't think so either. And at the very end before Musashi Dolores uh, cut out and left, was he about to cut open Maeve's head for her brain ball? Yeah, I thought so. Right. That's what it seemed like. Uh, then, because then it, but he obviously knew that, that she was being tracked, but would that have stopped it? Would the brain ball be tracked or the body? I would assume the brain ball has a tracker. I would assume the brain ball has a tracker as well. Um, so my question there was, is Dolores going to take Maeve's brain ball and bring it with her because Maeve could be useful or like smash, 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 smash. Let me, let me, you know, destroy the brain ball where it lies. Um, and either way, when all of her soldiers like show up, it's like, we got to go, we got to go. I think it was probably pretty sloppy of, uh, of Musashi Dolores to just cut and run without actually cutting. Like, I think like you probably wanted to take the time to snuff out Maeve or take Maeve with you. I mean, if, if Dolores gets a hold of Maeve's brain ball and builds another Maeve, like the screwing over of Serac becomes so much more interesting. Oh, yeah. And the screwing over of humanity. Like if she can, <laughs> we're all screwed. If she can if she can get Maeve under her thumb, then, yeah, that's bad business for everybody. Um, and yeah. because we know that Sato is Dolores, Musashi is Dolores, the brewery, it's genius that the white goo to create new human skin is stored in kegs at a brewery. Yeah. You got to keep it at the right temperature. You know, it's pretty rad. Uh-huh. Yeah. But yeah, when she stabs the one guy through it uh, and like all the the goo milk starts to t starts to flow again. It's like, "Oh, the sake factory." So great. And oh that scene God. with Maeve lying in, in in her red dress in the white goo, it reminded me of that episode uh, in uh, Flashes Before Your Eyes with Desmond and Lost when he's oh, lying sure. on the floor in the white paint, just yep. saying. Yep, yep, for sure, for sure. And Bound, it's actually from Bound. It's the Wachowski's film Bound. Oh, I never saw it. Oh my gosh, cult classic. Cool. Long story short, that's the that's what I thought inspired Lost, which obviously was this anyone could do this scene, but it reminded me of a couple of scenes from other things in pop culture. Anyway, oh, neat. Uh, I mean, we've seen a lot of instances on Westworld already of like uh, blood in the milk. Uh, I love so it. it. It wouldn't have been Westworld if we didn't get some of that here in season three. And the, the choice to put Maeve in red, which was very to me Shogunny, red and black. She's got the the pants suit, and it was I, the costume designer and the production designer of the season need to win Emmys because my goodness, they are gorgeous. The architecture of it all. 
I mean, the good news is uh, if there's good news to be found <laughs> in any of this is the competition might be a little thinner in 2020 uh, for the Emmy. So uh, could could give Westworld a, a leg to stand on that uh, maybe it wouldn't have otherwise. Uh, but I agree. I thought that the the set design this week was really good. The costuming was amazing. Um, just a, a lot of like really alluring detail and like a good sense of humor this week. You know, I, you know me, Joe, like I'm always pining for like, Westworld, be a little funny. Like, show me, show me like a little bit of your underside. Let me see. Maeve. Let me get some laughs. Good laughs from Maeve, but also from the Stubbs versus Dolores fight. Yeah. And how like the two people who are like tripping on genre, that drug, are both like, wait, what? Oh my God, is that Lara? And they're both like, is that you? And then like she walks past the one guy and she like points to her head like he's like losing his mind. No, uh, no, that was a reference back to episode one when Roderick was drunk with the scotch and they were at that insight party and he pointed to his head and was trying to convince Liam that none of this is real. And we're oh, right. oh, that's even better. That's this even is better. all a simulation. That's yeah. what he said in episode one. Wow, that's so funny. That's even better. Yeah, so there was like, it was goofy in a way, but like in a in a way that was really good. Like I think as, as Westworld is, getting um, a little more now this might sound weird joe but hear me out as westworld is starting to get a little bit crazier it's also in some ways getting more straightforward yes i think the linear nature makes a huge difference this season it's very clear when we're not in the now yeah yeah like i think like there's things that are obviously like big surprises and big reveals and the fact that there's a, a you know, a metric butt ton of Dolores is in the mix right now is, you know, it's something that takes a, a good amount of brain space to, to, to get your head around. Um, but the way that the narrative is unfolding feels fairly elegant, um, certainly relative to seasons one and two, where like by design, it was choppy. Like you were in multiple timelines and you didn't really know it until you, once you know that that's the trick, you can see it. Um, right. That does not appear to really be in play so much this season. And I, I think that that's very, very helpful um, for just like kind of giving us like straight thriller with like definitely like the cerebral kick that you want out of Westworld. But like the fact that like all of these storylines were colliding at the same time with Bernard hearing it from Connells and Maeve hearing it from Musashi uh, and William hearing it from Hale um, and all of that seemingly happening simultaneously, basically, or roughly simultaneously, I think it's just a really, really strong move. And I'm glad that we seem to be like mostly on the same time frame, except for maybe the Williams stuff, which I'm still pretty confused about. Right. And they had that little post scene with him and Emily. By the way, I love Katya Herbers. It's such a delight to have her back as Emily. Do you watch Evil? Yeah, I'm behind, but I love that show. Evil's a crazy show. Oh my She's God. She's great on that. Evil's wild. And it's just like a CBS show. So maybe some people are like, ah, hey, you know, it's probably just like another NCIS or something like that. It's uh-uh. not. It's very weird. It's one of the trippiest things I've seen in a long time. And I highly recommend Evil. And shout out to Antonio Mazzaro for making me watch it. Uh, there's some weird, weird shenanigans that that show gets into. Uh, and if you're looking for things to binge right now, strong endorsement for Evil. That yeah, show's it's a bit, crazy. It's a bit like X Files of X Files was super effed up and way more supernatural. It's yeah, but like it's also like it's it's kind of Westworldy in the sense of like is this now like question right. the nature of your reality where evil is like dealing with uh, are you uh, is the supernatural real or is there a psychological explanation for stuff? Uh, and Katja Herbers, who plays Emily, the Man in Black's daughter on Westworld, is like the the Scully to Mike Coulter's uh, Mulder, uh, aka Luke Cage. Uh, so really fun cast, really good combo. And of course, um, your friend in mine, Michael Emerson, a.k.a. Ben Linus from Lost, has a delicious role on Evil. He is he makes Ben Linus look like the nicest guy of all time. He kind of plays the devil or does he? You don't know, but he's terrifying and very weird and sometimes like super gross uh, <laughs> and really, really worth watching, I think, is uh, is is the point here. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's that post credit scene in season two with Katja Herbers and, and William as the man in black. And it seems like that's some sort of future point, right, where like he's going through some exercise as a robot. And are they building him out? Like, is that happening but I, I'm still just kind of struggling to figure out how that aligns with what's going on with William right now. I did notice that Charlotte like pricks William's neck yes. when, right before he's getting apprehended. And I didn't know if that was like an instance of like, I'm going to need his blood for something. Or is she infecting him with something that makes him see Dolores in like the Alice in Wonderland dress at the end of the episode? Or is he just insane at that point once again? 
and that's just his own delusion coming up? Or is he a robot at that point? And like she's uploaded something to him. I have no idea. I do think like the William stuff is is so confusing and maybe wouldn't be quite as confusing without that season two post credit scene. I just don't know if anyone's got some some theories on the William stuff. Hit us up. Yeah, I, I don't know either, but I don't mind it if that's the only confusing aspect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it is very confusing, though. Yes. How, how about Bernard, where Bernard fits into all of this? Because I know you've got questions and I've got one that I want to throw out, too, if you don't get to it. I think the first and most obvious is why, if she brought back Dolores, only brought back the brain balls of herself, did she bring Bernard? Can you answer that? Well, let me pause it. The thing that I'd like to posit. And I talked okay. about this with, with Mariah Gullo, who's my co-host on series regular. And we talked about this on Westworld, but I'll, I'll shout this one from the hilltops in case anyone has any thoughts on this. I would, I would really like to hear people engage this. And if, if they think that there might be something to this. So we now know that there are multiple Dolores's uh, and Dolores uploaded herself uh, into three different pearls uh, in addition to her own. So that's, that's four, she took five out of the park with her. If you include her own, then we're talking about six pearls. So there's there's the prime Dolores pearl, which was already being smuggled out in the form of Charlotte at the end of season two that she then puts back inside of her Evan Rachel Wood body. There's the Charlotte Hale, who is currently Dolores, that is currently operating. There's Connell's the security guard, Tommy Flanagan. Uh, there's uh, Musashi, a.k.a. Sato who is also now Dolores running the sake distillery. And then there's two other pearls. One is Bernard and one is unaccounted for. In the end of season two, she brings Bernard back. And she tells Bernard this whole spiel of like, uh, we're probably going to kill each other. We're going to need each other though. The species is going to need us. We're going to need to push each other forward. Uh, that's then that's the way of it. So it's like a checks and balances thing is what she's selling. And I think potentially very naively of, of us, we've kind of accepted that premise on the face of it, uh, that she's brought Bernard back specifically for that reason. Cause she believes that host kind is going to require multiple perspectives in order to thrive. I think that that really flies in the face of her bringing back a small squad of Dolores's of bringing back a small squad of just herself. Right. We know, Joe, that at least at one point in time, uh, Dolores has been able to house multiple different builds. That she was herself and she was Wyatt. That she was both the farmer's daughter and she was the violent revolutionary. So we can assume that hosts are capable of housing multiple builds and multiple personalities. Right. Bernard at the start of this season is doing the self-analysis because he doesn't trust anything anymore, rightfully so, does the self-analysis of, of asking himself, when was the last time you had contact with Dolores Abernathy? Uh, and uh, the answer uh, his analysis gives is 92 days or something like that. And then he asks, would you lie to me, Bernard? And Bernard says, no. Well, would you lie to me, Bernard? Maybe he should have asked that question a little bit better. And maybe it's possible that he, Bernard, hasn't had contact with Dolores Abernathy in 90 plus days, but simultaneously could also be Dolores. <laughs> it is not impossible by the rules of the world of the show that Bernard can simultaneously be Bernard, but also have like a latent asymptomatic Dolores kicking around in his pearl, right? Like it, that's established. If Dolores can be both Dolores and Wyatt, why can't Bernard be both Bernard and Dolores? Um, Dolores can bring Bernard back because she, as she says, when she does it, I, I, I built you before because I remembered you once I can do it again. And that's how she does it. Um, but why, if she's trusting only herself, would she not throw a version of herself in there too, as a potential corrupter, for whatever she needs from Bernard, if Bernard can think about things from a perspective that she's not going to be able to think things through because Bernard has got his own agency, he's got his own design, he's got his own way of doing things. But why wouldn't she set um, some sort of checks and balances on on herself, on on Bernard? So I wonder, Joe, I wonder if it's not impossible that Bernard isn't like fully, purely Bernard and his trust issues are only about to get worse as he realizes that there is a Dolores hiding inside of him. If that is possible, how and why did he break free from her? Because as it seems by her like design, by her design, by her design, by her being like, 
one of the things that will be advantageous to me is to have Bernard running around in the world doing Bernard things that I can spy on because I'm secretly inside of him. One of my builds is inside of him. And Bernard has use. He knows how to build hosts. He understands like host biology better than almost anybody. Um, he's got a very different perspective on what it is I'm trying to do. So maybe through that, I will understand some of my own weaknesses and I will be studying him closely. That so would be by her own design that she would want him free and in the world because she feels like she can take over if things get too intense. I have a counter theory. My yeah. theory, and I wrote this down yesterday, is Bernard is actually broken free from Dolores because he's being remotely controlled by Ciroc. Yeah. Ciroc, so he was able to find him and control him and use him to find Dolores. That could be. It could be. Um, we haven't really seen Ciroc take Bernard into account at all. But right. if, if, if Ciroc knew about Dolores at all and like, how did he find out about Dolores? We still don't exactly know how he has that information. Could be through Bernard. Um, but I'm very nervous that the show is like, messed with my head to the point that they're going to like have this like big reveal and they're going to, it would be very Westworld Joe to, to pull off another Bernard identity crisis storyline. Right. Uh, Like the fact that like we had one in season one where, Oh my God, Bernard's a host. And then a couple episodes later, Oh my God, Bernard is based on Arnold. And then like to go a long stretch without like, you know, altering that too, too much. There's the Ford stuff. He's, We've even seen it with Bernard himself then, right? Like we've seen with Bernard that he can wander around with Ford kicking in his head. So through Bernard, we have seen Bernard experience having two different personalities at war within himself. Right. So I'm concerned. (laughs) I'm just going to go with it. When Bernard, when Bernard is face to face with Connell's at the end of this episode, Connell says something like, I'm surprised you don't recognize your only friend in the world. I thought it was going to be Ford. I thought it was going to be Ford's brain ball. Yeah. Well, if she's saying this to herself, then she is her only friend in the world. You know? Right. So True. I'm concerned. I'm concerned that <laughs> Bernard is another Dolores. I really, I, you know, it used to be that you would look around and you'd be like, all characters on Westworld are hosts until proven otherwise. Now it's all characters on Westworld are Dolores until proven otherwise. <laughs> totally fair. <laughs> it's, a terif- <laughs> it's a terrifying prospect. Uh, oh, it seems like Caleb still doesn't quite know what Dolores is all about. Like, I don't think he knows that she's a robot. Yeah. Um, how's he going to react when he finds that out? I don't think he'll be surprised given her Terminator skills, dragging yeah. grown men, throwing them around, killing. Yeah. Um, I do have a theory though, and I, I don't know if I've mentioned this in the previous three episodes, but I think there is a tie that whether, whether or not they're going to acknowledge it soon or later, there's a tie between Caleb and Dolores. Dolores mm-hmm. took the name of a dead girl from Kiev. Okay. Now we found out from the mortician also took her blood. Kiev is in a location where I believe we've seen something similar in the background of a flashback of Caleb when he was doing what seemed like a black ops mission yep. under the military's control for under insights control. I feel like this is all related. I think it's very likely. And I, I think that Caleb would be the kind of person that maybe doesn't like completely know what he was chewing on back in those days. Yeah. It has like some information that could prove to be pretty useful. I also, and I paused some of the flashbacks with Caleb and Francis, his old military partner, and I got a shade of, they, I think they were more than just military partners. I got a romantic oh, interesting. connection, and because there's no establishment of any kind of sexuality on this show, very rarely. It's sort of fluid anyway, whether you're totally. human or robot. And I know people are probably rooting for some kind of Caleb Dillard's romance, but I think that Caleb has some fluidity. I, had a, I just get a suspicion that his connection to Francis was deeper than just military. I'm super here for that. I think that'd be great. I think that'd be great. Who knows? Um, What else from this episode stood out to you? Anything we haven't covered yet? Yeah. Ciroc and his, his upbringing, obviously we're going to get more about whether he's a brother. We don't know if his brother survived. We don't know if he's working with him against him or they're even in touch or if it's even relevant Um, to know that a giant city like Paris has been demolished. It looks like a nuclear Something happened there. Yeah, I think I don't have the timeline in front of me, but I know that there was like that timeline trailer. And I think that they mentioned that there was like a nuclear disaster. And it seems like I don't I don't speak French. I don't know French, uh, but it seemed like the trucks uh, had what appeared to be like a, like a radiation symbol on it. Um, so it would it would. Uh, it would. It struck me as like some sort of nuclear catastrophe had had occurred in. in and then America. we have to think about what other cities in the world don't exist anymore. And right. are, we've seen San Francisco. We've seen Los Angeles, Singapore. Yeah. Where else? 
Um, we've seen Singapore. We've seen L.A. Um, I think we've, I think maybe uh, Delos is in San Francisco. Yeah, that's where Charlotte Hills. Yes, because when she got out for her apartment out of her Uber, I'm like, oh, I've been to that building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But also, um, Liam's boat was uh, ashore in Mexico, so Mexico right. still exists. Mexico is still hanging in. So there. yeah, I'd be curious to see if certain parts of Europe um, and why, and if it's relevant. But it seems like we've talked about this. Everything is by design on this show. Everything, everything, yeah. everything. And him being from France is obviously. I think it's very smart to give us a little bit more about him, like you were saying. No, I loved that. I thought that that was great, and I. I I loved, I just, I thought that that was, I thought that was great. I thought everything with Vincent Cassell this week was really, really good. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to see what's, what's coming up more from him. Uh, the current plan, uh, again, I have not seen beyond this episode. I've only seen through episode four. I'm really excited to be fully back on the same page with you, Joe, here. Uh, and hopefully everyone was able to tolerate KG Wiggler for the past couple of weeks. I tried <laughs> to do my best. I hope that I pulled it off. Uh, but I am uh, allegedly going to be speaking with Vincent Cassell uh, sometime this week after I get to see episode five. Uh, and that interview will post uh, thr.com slash Westworld. So, so keep an eye out for that. I'm really excited to dig into that character with him a little bit more. Uh, I, think I love that it. should be pretty fun. I think where we are in like the, in the timeline is it seems like this board meeting is going to happen real soon. I would expect it's probably going to happen pretty close to now-ish, right? right. Like it feels right. like this should be within an episode or two. Um, yeah. I look forward to seeing how that plays out. My money is going to be on Insight getting the win. Uh, I think that will make things more dramatic for the for the the long term of the season. We're only halfway through the season, which seems like a lot. But we are halfway. Uh, we are now officially at the halfway mark. Uh, we are four out of eight episodes through Westworld season three. Uh, so this train, it is uh, chugging along, Joe. I know. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about is Liam, because um, it's kind of pathetic, really. So Insight cares so little about him that no red flags are raised when his entire account is drained. Yeah. And the, the heir apparent is assigned one bodyguard. I just think, <laughs> I mean, we talk about a weak link. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad that he's sort of in play again now that he's seen Dolores, that he's yeah. seen his not dead girlfriend. Because, you know, I like John Gallagher Jr. And he's playing the role so well, like we don't know what he actually knows. Yep. Yeah. And so is it going to help Dolores get to Ciroc? I'll be curious. So the next episode is called Genre. Ha. This week introduced uh, Genre as a drug. Uh, so I think maybe we're going to go on a real trip next week, uh, potentially through Liam. Hey, I love it. Also, maybe uh, that's what um, Shalora's put in William's neck. You never know. Yeah, that's possible. Could be Genre there. Um, mm -hmm. And maybe we could see Caleb on the drug, too. Uh, and that could like unlock some memories from him. Could be cool. Yeah, does Dolores utilize his drip? Does she know about the drip? She must if she's doing all of her insight research. I would think so too. Also, just to go back to your Bernard theory as uh, half Char I mean, half Dolores, half Bernard. Berloris. I don't know. We got to come up much. with it. That's too much. Bernoris. Chuck's younger brother. Yeah. See, it's, it's Monday, people. So, and yeah. that's been a whole other year since the last episode. Yeah. Um, but to add to that, when he went back to Westworld, we didn't see every single thing that Bernard did. But maybe if there was Dolores in his brain ball, he was gathering more intel on former Insight people who visited the park. Yeah, like latently, by accident, like just yeah. by being there, just like data, 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 data. That's another awesome. thing that reminds me. Well, I love my, I love Maeve, and I think that Tani Newton is just phenomenal when she's walking through Singapore. I forgot that she not only has a mesh network, but she controls electricity and technology, and just her power is she so different. Its language, you know, and she, it, it's a real indictment on us that like we're all of our things in the future. We're building, uh, you know, to be controllable by by smarter AI. Which is only good for gun control if we can actually control oh, sure, it. Oh, sure, sure, I'm just sure. saying. But I'm, it was not, such I'm a, not against that at all. <laughs> it's just so interesting because she has such a different but almost a stronger power than Dolores in terms of if she can communicate with technology and she does go one-on-one -on -one with Dolores, that could really work for her. Yeah. Oh, my God. I can't wait. But I know. But what is one-on-one -on -one against Dolores anymore? Right. Well, they, the teaser one trailers. One-on-four. One-on-four. The teaser trailers, you know, they're misguided. They could be working together for all we know, but it looks like literally on a bridge. It's like, it's an old Western. One has a sword. One has just, she's basically, you know, an old school robot. And it looks like Dolores versus Maeve, but it's probably not. Or Joe, what it is, is it's Dolores versus Maeve. And then the three other Doloreses pop out. And now Maeve has to fight, you know, four Doloreses at once. Like, 
like the Matrix when Neo fights all those different agents. Yeah, the the agents Smith. And hey, Vincent Cassell was in that too. That's right. That's correct. Oh, I forgot that. Oh my gosh, so good. Oh my God. I haven't seen The Matrix in a long time. It's I worth got- a revisit, the first two especially. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, well, maybe in time for uh, Matrix 4. There we go. Uh, which I am looking forward to. All right, Joe. Uh, crazy stuff on Westworld this week. Genre coming up next week. Uh, find Joe on the Twitter. She's at Joe Opinionated, opinionated with a J in front of it. Uh, she's also doing some fun stuff at Joe Opinionated on Instagram as well. How are the Instagram shows going? The Joe Show. They're fun. They're random. They're like Fridays, Wednesdays, Mondays, whatever. Whatever people have time. I'm just just follow Joe. Yeah, follow Joe, you'll get the alert. Exactly. I just I'm interviewing a, a bunch of different people from different industries, most from the entertainment industry, but voiceover, animation, musicians, actors, just because everyone has time. And we're talking about pop culture and positivity because you don't get enough highlight about that right now. For sure. Absolutely. So so check out everything Joe's doing with all of that. Everything we've got going on here on Post Show Recaps. There's the Westworld podcast is still going on. Better Call Saul with Antonio Mazzaro and myself still going strong. Uh, everything is super. Our Marvel Cinematic Universe rewatch. Uh, Iron Man shall be dropping this week. So so get ready for that. Uh, the Lost podcast down the hatch continues. We're up to the hunting party, Joe. Uh, so we're going to put our feet on some furniture that doesn't belong to us and, <laughs> and really uh, uh, draw the ire of one Mr. Friendly. Uh, and also Jessica Lee and I just wrapped our Walking Dead podcast coverage uh, tragically uh, prematurely as the season finale is unable to be completed due to post-production issues. The The plus side to that is that it means uh, Jess and I can hop on our next show a little sooner. Uh, we're, we're covering Killing Eve on post-show yes. recaps. Uh, season three premiering April 12th. And Jessica Lee and I are going to be talking about that. You like Killing Eve, Joe. Oh, my God. I love it. I just had a very big binge of it. And it was like one of the easiest binges of my life. It's so delightful and so dark. Oh, it's great. It's excellent. It's excellent. It's, it, I, I think it's going to be a good, a really good podcast. Great. I'm really looking forward to it. All right. So it's tons of stuff happening at Post Show Recaps is the point. Uh, you can get all the updates on that by subscribing to the main feed wherever you get your podcasts. Or you can follow me on Twitter at Rand Howard. I tweet about this stuff all the time. Uh, Joe, stay safe. Stay sane. Same you to everybody what? in the Westworld audience. Everybody try to stay sane, even though I know Westworld is doing its best to, to join forces with the greater mood of the world to fry your, your skull right now with too many twists and turns. Uh, so, so hopefully we can just keep the ma- the vast majority of them relegated to, to fiction would be nice stay safe and warm my friend alright take care everybody we'll be back next week talking season 3 episode 5 until then everybody take care bye bye bye